the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. David Cortman of Alliance Defending Freedom rejoins me. Alliance Defends is its web, uh, is its Twitter handle, but I want you to go to uh, adflegal.org slash Hugh, all right, because now is the time to stand up. We are entering into a perilous era for religious liberty and rights of conscience, and I need you to sign up with Alliance Defending, the best uh, legal defense team in America for religious liberty and the rights of conscience, is at adflegal.org slash Hugh for more information. You can also call 866 359-9644. I'll give you all that at the end of this. David, good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Well, I'm uh, I'm troubled. I'm troubled and I'm also encouraged. Uh, This is going to be a very demanding four years based upon just the actions of two weeks. What did you make of the first two weeks of Team Biden with regards to rights of conscience and religious liberty, David? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of signals there that there's going to be many conflicts between the LGBT agenda and religious freedom, religious rights, um, on abortion rights, on, um, you know, freedom of churches to live out their faith, social services, all kinds of issues are going to be are going to be popping up pretty quickly. Now, I want to go to the Philadelphia Diocese case because I view it as the most important on the docket. However, the L.A. Church case also mattered a lot. So would you do the latter first, then we'll come to the former? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the church cases, and, and actually they, they, they bleed into each other, they relate to each other, we'll talk about that in a second, but the L.A. church case, you know, ADF has been fighting, you know, almost 20 cases over the country about, you know, what are the, the free exercise rights for churches during COVID, and what we've seen time after time, we've had a case in Nevada where the governor will say, well, we're going to allow thousands of people, of people to go to casinos, but we won't allow 50 people to go to churches. The new case by the Supreme Court said, no, you can't have that differential treatment. That violates the exercise clause. Um, you know, go back and fix it. Really important ruling. Now, it was rather summer- summary. The, uh, for those who do not follow closely Supreme Court orders or do not follow SCOTUS blog, and, and David is all over this. How long have you been practicing before the Supreme Court, David? Uh, it's over 25 years now, I think. Uh, how many times have you been first or second chair at a, at a Supreme Court argument? Um, probably about, I think about 10, somewhere around there. All right, so let, let's break this down for people. What they did was unusual in the California case because they acted rather spontaneously. Were you surprised by that? Um, no, because um, this issue keeps happening. And as you know, there was a case out of New York about a month ago where the Supreme Court did the same thing. There are these emergency motions to say, look, you know, they're violating our rights now for months through COVID. We need a quick ruling because, as you know, it takes a long time to get to the Supreme Court. And the court issued a ruling, but then states like California were not following it. They said, well, we don't care what the Supreme Court said. We're still going to violate the church's rights. So they they revisited again and said, look, we, we said what we meant the first time. You can't treat churches worse than you treat, um, you know, bars, restaurants. 
Hollywood, you know, what have you. This has become a black letter law moment, and I and I want people to know that they should contact ADF if they see discriminate. How would you, I would I, before I butcher the rule? I have my own formulation of the rule. When do you think people ought to be alarmed, David, about the treatment by the local or state government of houses of worship of any denomination or no denomination at all? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you got places like California completely shutting them down. No matter how large your church, synagogue, whatever it happens to be is, you can have zero people. Um, that should be very alarming. Or when you say, look, you can go to a restaurant and have it 50 percent full. You can go to a bar. You can go to a casino. Uh, but churches can only have 10, 25, 50 people. Any type of treatment like that, um, that should definitely set off the, the red flags. And the person you should go to, it, you know, write to me or go to adflegal.org slash Hugh. You can find your way around the website or you can call 866-359-9644. That's adflegal.org slash Hugh. Now we come to the big case, which is Diocese of Philadelphia, initiated under my, my good friend, who I know is listening right now, Archbishop Chaput, now retired in Philadelphia, but it was, uh, it's, it, I think it could be seminal. I think we could get rid of Smith here. But you tell me, David, what is the case about and what you think is going to happen? And if you have any role in it, can you expand on that? Yeah, really, really important case uh, brought by Catholic Social Services, as you mentioned, and some individual foster parents. In fact, one of the plaintiffs fostered over 40 children just by herself in the last 20, 25 years. So really important case. And the question is, can religious social service agencies, which have been around longer than states being involved in these type of issues, um, the church has reached out for adoption and foster care for, for, for decades, 50, 60, 70 years, some of them. And the city comes in and gets involved and says, well, you know what? We're no longer going to allow you to place children in homes that you believe to be in the best interest of the child, homes with a man and a woman, homes that are in accordance with your religious beliefs. We're going to say we, you have to violate your religious beliefs in order to participate in the placement of the children. And the, and the tragedy overall of that is that means less children are going to be placed, so it actually harms the kids um, just because of this new agenda that, that the left is putting forth. And what did the Third Circuit rule about that? Yeah, and, and the Third Circuit, in a terrible ruling, basically said, well, it's okay because they have this rule, back to the Smith case you're talking about, they have this rule that says everybody has to do the same thing. The problem is, is that falls especially hard on religious organizations who are abiding by their faith beliefs. And what's interesting here is social study after social study for decades now have said that kids do best in a home with a mom and a dad. That's period. That's social science. But for some reason, this new agenda says, no, we want you to change that. We want you to violate your beliefs. And what's going to happen with the Smith case that you mentioned that has this low bar under free exercise to say, well, if you make everybody do it, it's okay, even if it violates the church's religious beliefs. Now, Employment Division versus Smith, which I've been teaching for 25 years, I've all, it's a Justice Scalia-authored opinion. And I have argued for years it has to go, and I've argued, I've posited for years, it grew out of the mistaken belief by Justice Scalia that no matter what happened in America's amazing mosaic of faith traditions, the Roman Catholic Church was too strong to be assailed by it. And I believe that, that you know, it's not explicit in his opinion, it's just who he is. And he was wrong. Uh, the, uh, the Roman Catholic Church has become a particular target of the state. Now, that is argued. Is that before the case in, uh, in Philadelphia Archdiocese? It is, and extremely important. I agree with you. I think it was, oddly enough, one of Justice Scalia's more pragmatic opinions. He's very principled. What does the Constitution say? What does it mean? 
that to me was more a practical opinion to say, well, gee, we don't want everybody to become a law unto themselves. The problem, though, is, is when you do that, and, and a great example is back to the COVID cases. This is what I was saying where they relate. Talking about worship. In California, singing, singing and worship was completely banned. And they said, well, you're stopping everybody from singing, so the rule is fine. Well, that's the Smith scenario. But the way it should be looked at is, is that if you're singing in a bar or singing at a concert, that's not the same thing as singing for worship. And so that's a case where you say, look, even if this does fall evenly upon everybody else, the free exercise clause has special protections. And if you're singing for worship, that's its own category. We shouldn't just say, well, they're stopping people from singing in a bar so they could stop you from singing at church. And so the fact that they entertain that in, in, the, in the L.A. case worries me a little bit about whether they're going to reach it in Fulton or not, because it's a, it's, a, it's a spillover. Well, I think they want a full briefing of it. I, I'm actually following this so closely that I expect Sherbet to be 6'3", and I, ex- I mean uh, Smith to be 6'3". I expect them to go back to the Sherbet standard, and I believe the Chief Justice will write a concurrence similar to that which he wrote in Citizens United explaining why uh, stare decisis does not apply to Smith. My question to you is, um, do you think we have at least five votes on the court now? And if not, who of the other five besides the chief justice do you worry about? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think we do. I hope we do. I just hope they reach it. You know, one thing about Chief Justice Roberts, he's an incrementalist. Um, you know, hopefully he understands the harm. And that's what Smith has brought. It has brought harm on, on religious folks, especially these days when it's no longer in vogue. Like you were saying, maybe, you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, um, you know, religious folks had a seat at the table. Now the left doesn't even want them at the table at all. So it really has brought harm. But when you have, interestingly, in Smith, the the folks who dissented were the more liberal justices. So that's flipped. So you would hope that that the liberal justices having the principle saying, look, we want to protect religious freedom for all, large religions, small religions, minority religions, um, like you see filing briefs in the case, this is best for everybody. And, and my last point is it's best for folks who don't even practice a religion, because if you don't have true free exercise of religion, which allows you to believe what you want and not believe, it actually covers everyone, whether you're a person of faith or not. So free exercise is, is a permanent freedom that helps everyone. You know, David, I spent last Thursday, a week ago yesterday, on Skid Row with the uh, Judge Carter hearing, and it's clear we need faith-based organizations involved in this homeless crisis. What's your timetable for this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's extremely important, um, you know, hopefully with pretty soon it was argued in November, uh, but I think now's the time to hit this ruling because now's the time it's most important, as you mentioned, because our freedoms are certainly at risk. And now is the time to stand with ADF. Go to adflegal.org slash Hugh. That's adflegal.org slash Hugh or call 866-359-9644. For a time such as this, we need your help. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. As Americans celebrate President's Day this weekend, we recall the best of our leaders who used their gifts and overcame their flaws 
to secure liberty and freedom for our nation. None were perfect, yet each of those we honor contributed something vital to our nation and made us who we are today. Unfortunately, too many want to erase these towering figures of American history from public life. School boards and municipalities have stripped facilities of names such as Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, Monroe, and Roosevelt for offending contemporary sensibilities. This historical nihilism fails to recognize that these leaders deserve recognition not because they were perfect, but because they transcended their limitations and those of their times to advance the cause of liberty. Rather than scorn these presidents an arrogant presumption of our own moral perfection, we should allow their courage and wisdom to inspire us to continue their mission in the cause of freedom. Happy President's Day! publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu